0: Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. And then, and inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment. Good morning, we want to welcome each and every one to our worship service today. We're, we're glad that you're here. If you're visiting, we are especially glad that you've chosen to come and to honor us with your presence. We're glad that we have a lot of you back that were out last week. We were... Down significantly in number last week, we were probably all 50 to 60 people, and so we're glad that that number is back up, and hopefully and prayerfully after today, after spring break is concluded, we'll get back to our normal attendance very, very soon. We are very thankful for the opportunity to be together to worship God in spirit and in truth, and we always want to take the opportunities that come our way to worship God and to serve Him in any and every possible way. I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 in our study today as we think about the theme, don't wait too late. This past week the Olive Branch Church family suffered some significant losses. And sometimes in light of the passing of those that we have known and loved, we need to think about things that are eternal in nature. Specifically, as those things apply to the brevity of life and the finality of death. I want us to think for a minute or two about what was recorded for us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The passage that Jordan read a moment ago. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this cometh the judgment. There are two things here that strike me about this particular passage. First, There is what I would call the termination of life, and then secondly, the destination after life. Let me begin by talking for just a moment or two about the termination of life. The writer said, it is appointed unto man once to die. First we think about what the Bible has to say by way of describing life. There are a number of terms that are used in the Old and New Testaments that give us insight into life. For example, in the book of Genesis chapter 47, we read of Jacob, and Jacob was in a conversation with Pharaoh, and he said, that life is a pilgrimage. He said, The days of the years of my pilgrimage on earth are 130 years. Interestingly, he said that those days were few. He lived to be 130 at that point in time. He had lived to be 130, and yet he described his life as a pilgrimage. And his sojourn here as but a few days. And then there is David in first Chronicles chapter twenty nine. And David uses the figure of aliens and pilgrims to describe those of us who live here on planet Earth. And then he said, Our days on earth are as a shadow. And so we have life pictured as a pilgrimage, as people who are aliens, foreigners to this world. Life is described as a shadow. And then in Job chapter 14 at verse 2, Job compares life to a flower that fades away. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 speaks of life as grass, but withers away. And then, of course, there is James in chapter 4, verse 14, who said that life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So these are some of the descriptions that are used in Scripture to inform us about life. What about the duration of life? Well, the Bible tells us that life is very brief. Job said, man born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. Again, I think about what Jacob said, that the days of the years of his pilgrimage were few. So at best, life is very brief. The psalmist in Psalm 90 at verse 10 said that we may live to be 70 or 80 years of age. And he said that our time, our sojourn here on earth, is accompanied by strength, sorrow, and labor. He said it's soon cut off and we fly away. You may live to be a 100. You might live to exceed 100. But at some point in time, life as you know it will cease here on planet earth. Paul talks about the sting of death in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Whether we like it or not, we will all feel the sting of death unless Jesus comes first. Now, in light of some of the descriptions that the Bible uses relative to life and the duration of life, I want you to think for just a minute about how we ought to discern life. There are some things that I believe we need to take from scripture and apply to life here on planet earth. So as we think about life and discerning life, first of all, we need to have the right perception about life. As I said a minute ago, we may live to be 70, 80. We might live to be 100. We might even exceed 100 years. But the truth of the matter is one day life will come to a crashing halt So in Psalm 90 at verse 12, the psalmist said, So teach us to number our days and to apply our hearts to wisdom. In other words, we need to have the right attitude about life. You need to understand you're not going to be here forever. You may think you are, but you're not. I promise you. Sometimes we get lulled into thinking that because we're young, we're going to live forever. Well, if you're young... You'll be old. And if you're old, you remember what it was like to be young. It's Just the facts of life. So we have to have the right perception about life. And then there's a second thing. We need to understand what our purpose is in life. There are a lot of people that have grave misunderstandings about their purpose in life. What's life all about? Is it about me? Is it about what I can get out of life? Is it about satisfying my wants and my wishes? Is life just about pleasure and gratification? Or is there something more to life? I encourage you to read the book of Ecclesiastes. Twelve chapters penned by the hand of Solomon. Solomon goes through that book And chapter by chapter talks about life and the varying things of life. And if you really want to look at somebody who had everything in life, he had life by the tail, as we say. He had everything he wanted, but he had nothing without God. Solomon, according to his writings, was a man of tremendous power. He was king over Israel. He was a man that was well-known. He was prominent. He was great, as he would say in chapter 1. God had blessed him immensely with numerous material possessions, wealthy beyond imagination, according to chapter 2. He was a man of great wisdom. And yet, in looking at the life of Solomon, you see that Solomon places life under a microscope His conclusion is that what life is about is fearing God and keeping His commandments. That's really the thrust of life. Why is that? Because I'm a pilgrim, I'm an alien? Because I understand that I'm not here forever. My life will one day end and so I have to understand what my purpose is in life. There are some that have tried to ask pertinent questions about life some people have sought to answer the question where did I come from what am I doing here where am I going I believe the Bible answers those questions and then what about planning in this life I want to ask you a question have you made your funeral arrangements you may say that's an odd question It is an odd question. But the reason I ask that is because for some, it's not an odd question. You have made your funeral arrangements. Why why have you done that? Because of planning. Have you made out a will? You say yes. Why is that? Because you understand the importance of planning. This past week, Bud Hunt, as you well know, had an automobile accident and died. And on Wednesday, he died Tuesday night, on Wednesday at 3 o'clock, somebody knocked on the front door at the Hunt's home. When they opened the door, the person asked to speak to Doyce Hunt. They wanted to talk to Bud. Bud wasn't there. Do you know who it was? Somebody from Brantley Funeral Home. Bud was supposed to sign his arrangement papers for his funeral at 3 o'clock that day. What an irony. He was planning for the future. You see, it's important that we plan. Now, we talk about planning, making out a will, talking about the distribution of our assets and a lot of other things, but listen, you know what's most important? Making plans to be with God in eternity one day. If you go back and look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12 Solomon said that the thrust of life is to fear God and keep His commandments and the reason is because God will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil. That's why it's imperative to plan. That's why it's imperative that we Make wise decisions about life now. And then there's another thing, and that has to do with our decease from life. Whether we like it or not, this life will one day terminate. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at verse 1, the Apostle Paul said, For we know that if the earthly house, this tent or tabernacle, in other words, this physical body, be dissolved. All he's saying is that we know that death is coming. And when it comes, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. All I'm saying is that death is a reality. Listen again to the Hebrew writer. It is appointed that a man wants to die. Some know beforehand that they're going to die. They have a terminal illness. And really, if you want to just be matter of fact about the whole thing, we're all terminal, whether we like it or not. It's just a matter of when. Some die by way of accident. Some have some varying form of illness, disease, sickness, whatever. But life will end in death. I want you to think about a second thing with me, and that is our destination after life. What about our destination? Please listen very carefully. Your preparation will dictate your destination, your lack of preparation will also dictate your destination. Here's what Paul said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. It's imperative that that we make sure that we're right with Almighty God. I want to lift a passage out of its context to make a point. Amos in chapter 4, verse 12 in the long ago said, prepare to meet your God. I want to ask a personal question. Are you prepared today to meet your God? Are you prepared? Please listen very carefully. Last Sunday, as you well know, we had a visitation dinner. When I went through the line, I noticed... Bud Hunt sitting at a table. And I thought, you know, I'm going to sit by Bud today. And so I sat with Bud and we ate and talked. And then after, after the luncheon was over with, he and I walked down the hall. I was headed to my office and we stood out there in the hallway and we talked. And Bud said, look, He said, there are things that I can do to help around here. I'm willing to cut grass. I'm willing to wash windows. I'm willing to go visiting with you. Bud was offering his services to help people. Little did I know that when he walked out that door, that would be the last time I would see him alive. Not in Bud's wildest dreams would I imagine. Did he think that He would be in eternity today. He was where you are last week. He sat right out in this assembly. He sang. He partook of the Lord's Supper. He prayed. He listened to a lesson from God's Word. And now he's in eternity. I want to ask you a question. Will you die in Christ or out of Christ? Only two places that you can die. You can die in Christ or out of Christ. Where are you going to die? Have you been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? If you haven't been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, I would encourage you to do that today. Why is that? Because if you're not in Christ, you're lost. I want to ask you another question. Are you going to die faithful or unfaithful to the Lord? Maybe you've been baptized into Christ. And for a while you lived a faithful life, but you know you're not faithful today. You know your life's not what it ought to be. What if you stepped out into eternity today? What if you, like Bud, are here today, but next Sunday you're gone? Where? Where would you be? I said a minute ago, we talk about the end of our life. When life comes to an end, we have to understand that our preparation or lack thereof will dictate our destination. But then there's a second thing, and that is when we depart from life, we will only go to one of two places. If you're in Christ, let me tell you where you're going. You're going to a place called paradise, according to Luke 23, 43. Jesus said to one of the thieves on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. In Luke 16, we read of the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now John said that those who die in Christ, he said they're blessed. Blessed are... The dead who die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. They're at rest. They are in a place of comfort. If you die outside of Christ, you will go to a place that is called torment in Luke 16. It is described as a place of torment. The original in the Greek in 2 Peter 2 at verse 4 is a place called Tartarus, T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S. It is the abode of the wicked. So if you were to die today, would you be in paradise or would you be in torment? Only one of two places. You can't go to both. And let me remind you, when you step out into eternity, there's no crossing over. No coming back. Your fate is forevermore sealed. Your life here, done, over. Now, one other thing I want you to see. We talk about the end of our life on earth. What about the end of life on earth? That's the second coming of Christ. When Jesus comes, there are some things that are going to take place. We read about the second coming of Jesus. Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse 10 said, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat, and the earth and the works therein will be burned up. That's the second coming of Christ. That's when this earth as we know it is over with. And the judgment will commence. In Matthew 25, 31, Jesus said that he will come with all of his holy angels and all nations will be gathered before him. That's the beginning of the judgment. He will separate the sheep from the goats. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, for we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. At some point in time in the future, we will all stand before Almighty God. We're going to give an account of the deeds done in the body. According to what we've done, whether good or bad, Solomon said every secret thing will be brought to the judgment. Nothing will be hidden. And then there is the assigning of our destinies. Jesus said that he will say to those on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. To those who have been faithful, they have the promise of a home in heaven. If you're living a life for Almighty God, if your life is what it ought to be, then you have that promise. Peter said that we have, that we live in hope of a place that is incorruptible, undefiled, it fades not away, and he said it's reserved in heaven for you. A moment ago we sang a song describing the end of time. When the roll is caught up yonder, will you be there? Another song we sing has to do with the book of life. Is your name in the book of life? Now, Jesus said that to those on the right hand, he'll say, come, blessed are my father. But to those on the left, he'll say, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Please listen very carefully. There are only two places you can go when the judgment is all said and done. On the one hand, you can go to heaven. Heaven is for the faithful, for God's people. You're not going to get to heaven by accident. You get to heaven by planning, by living in a way that conforms to the teaching of our Lord. The flip side of that coin is there's a place called hell. Jesus said to those on the left, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for any of us. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, if you're not living right, Could I say to you, you're not on the road to heaven. Sometimes people ask the question, what's the job of a preacher? I understand that when we come together, we have people that are at different points, spiritually speaking, in their lives. Some people have just obeyed the gospel, some are literally babies in Christ because they've just been baptized. Some are growing in Christ, some have not grown as they should, and some are mature. And then there are others that are not members of the body of Christ. My job, as I see it, is to help you get to heaven. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you I'm trying to get you to heaven one day. And the only way I can get you to heaven is to say something from this book that will help you get home. When I talked to Bud last week, he said, he said, I want you to know your lessons have helped me. Look, if, if, I can help, if I can help someone, then I feel like I've done my job. When somebody knocked on my door at 1045 Tuesday night, I had no idea what I would hear when I opened that door. Raymond Montgomery told me, Bud Hunt has been killed in an automobile accident. Bud's in eternity. And I believe that Bud was trying to live a Christian life. The Lord, He wants us to be saved. And I want to encourage you don't wait too late. Sometimes we put things off, we know we ought to do it, and we don't do it. I want to encourage you, if, if you're not in Christ, obey the gospel today. Here's what you need to do. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Repent of your sins, as Luke records in Luke 13, 3. Confess the name of Jesus. You believe that he is the Son of God and be baptized into Christ so that every sin can be washed away. And when you do that, God will add you to the church. You'll be numbered among the redeemed. And then just be faithful. Live for Jesus day in and day out. Are you going to be perfect? No. Are you going to stumble and fall? Yes. Yes. As long as you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have the assurance that the blood of Christ is cleansing you from all sin if you're here today and you're not faithful let's just be honest you know what's right you know it, I know it we all know it the question is are you coming home before it's too late don't go too far and don't wait too late there are a lot of folks they've gone too far, they've waited too late they're in eternity Nothing else can be done. Would you come as we stand and sing?